This meditation method, which we have just done, is often called Vipassana, which is really a misnomer, because Vipassana is what we want to get from it, namely insight. The method itself could be usefully called sweeping. That too is not a very good word, because people sometimes think of them uh, using in their imagination like a little brush or something. But it's anyway better than Vipassana. Vipassana is a Pali word and means nothing but insight. It's not a method. It's what the whole meditation practice is supposed to bring us. So we'll call it sweeping and we call this one part by part. We need to give names so that we know what we're talking about. Part by part is obvious why it's called that. It has many very great benefits, this method, and is therefore also useful for those that have already gained concentration. Now, for those who have not gained good concentration yet, this may be easier to concentrate on. For the, those of you who find this easier to concentrate on than the breath, just do that. A method is a method by any name. It doesn't matter what it is. All of them bring two things, calm and insight, when they're properly used. Some are more geared towards calm, some are more geared towards insight. This one is geared more towards insight, well, but a little bit of insight also brings a little bit of calm. Those of you who have gained concentration and are able to concentrate well should do this at least once a day. Those of you who find this easier to concentrate on, please use it. It's a purification method which works automatically. First of all, because it's a little more going on, so one can stay on it a little better. But secondly, because of a very peculiar and distinctive factor in this method. Everything that we have ever felt or thought has no other place to manifest itself except in our body. The body is the recipient of all those emotions and all those thoughts that have happened. If we feel happy, we will smile or even laugh. One is an emotion and one is a physical reaction. If we feel tired, we yawn, close eyes, become quite drowsy. One is a emotion, one is a physical reaction. If we are unhappy, 
then we may try very immediate reaction, which is quite clear as crying because one's unhappy. Or we may frown, or the sides of our mouth may turn down because we are so unhappy. If we are unhappy often enough and long enough, the sides of our mouth will stay down. If we are tense, our shoulders contract. I don't think there's a Westerner alive that doesn't have that. I'm not sure about the Asians, but I'm sh pretty sure about the Westerners. So you can see with just those few examples that all our emotions have a residual effect in the body. And we wash ourselves every day and we wash one sixteenth of an inch of skin. That's all we can get to. Might wash the hair from time to, and that's it. But we're not just skin and hair. There's a bit more to us than that. This particular method is like taking an internal shower. And therefore, I'm saying that everyone should do it at least once a day, even those that are already concentrated. Those that are not should do it as many times as they possibly can. They can leave the breath aside completely and just do this. The internal shower means that the mind, by letting go, takes away what it has put in there. It's our the only way we can have an internal shower. Soap and water doesn't reach in there. It is therefore quite automatic. And some of the things which come up, whether they are sensation or emotion, only come up once because they haven't been deeply embedded. Others come up many times because they've been very often already repeated so that one has to go along with that many times. But the same way that we're washing ourselves every morning, the same way we can do this every morning. And it doesn't have to take an hour. I took an hour. But I have to say it, then consider whether I have said everything, then do it myself. So it takes much longer than when you do it yourself. It should not take more than half an hour. It can take at the most three quarters. But half an hour is sufficient. If it takes less than that, it becomes too superficial. If it takes more than three quarter hours and you do it by yourself, it becomes tedious. You have to find a balance. This purification effort, then, 
Tattva to remove blockages in the body which are, of course, a nuisance to the mind and therefore disturb meditation. The easier the body has it, the more comfortable the body is, the easier it is to meditate. I don't think I tell you anything new about that. You must have noticed that by now. So we are doing that in one respect. But in another respect also, we're letting go of these old embedded blockages which we have put in there time and time again. And since we're putting them in again, even after having removed them, we need to do it again and again, just like the dust and the dirt accumulates on the body again and again, and we wash it again and again. The same thing. These old and often repeated patterns of thought and emotion do not need to be counteracted in this method. The antidote is letting go. Therefore I said many times, notice, drop it, go to the next spot. Now that also brings us to another aspect of this meditation method, which is its extremely important, helpful in our daily lives. In daily lives we have lots of emotions come up and some of them are not very pleasant. Notice them, drop them, go on to the next thing. There is no other cure until one day they don't come up again. That will take a little while. But as long as they're still coming up, noticing them, and then letting go of them. Now, if you practice that in the meditation method, we should be well able to do that in daily life many times. Probably not every time, but many times. Because we have already had the skill through the meditation of noticing, letting go, going on to the next thing. If anger comes up, we notice it, but we don't have to get angry. When greed, wanting, desiring comes up, we notice it, but we don't have to run after it and get all stood up about getting whatever it is that we're after. We just notice it, drop it, go on to the next thing. You will have noticed in this meditation method that sometimes there was some strong sensation or feeling that you went back to. The mind didn't want to let go. The same in daily life. If it's very strong, we can't drop. We keep going back to it until we have become more skilled at it so that we can drop whatever it is that arises. 
Liebling helped. Because Liebling tells us quite clearly that this, whatever it is that is rising, it's not useful. Of course, in daily life, we also have useful emotions come up, like love and compassion and equanimity. Those we can keep. The rest of them are all worth dropping. The quicker, the better. This is a very important aspect of this particular practice that we can take it into our daily life and use it. Because this is what usually makes our days difficult. If we hang on to the emotions, even take them back home and then stew over them, all the things that went wrong during the day and how it all happened, and sometimes blaming ourselves and sometimes blaming everybody else and not being able to drop the whole thing. The quicker we can drop, the better off we are. The same in this meditation method. If we don't drop it, whatever it is that has arisen, we can't go on with it. We've got to stick to one spot because we haven't dropped it. So you can see that the only way to get on with it, whether it's a meditation or whether it's life, is to drop all the stuff that arises and get going. Most people keep a whole bundle full of stuff which they can't seem to let go of. It all seems so important. It's all so much part of me. If one remembers the five daily recollections every day, namely that death is imminent no matter what age one is. Nobody has a written guarantee how long they're going to be around. Then we can see what's really important and what isn't. None of those emotions that we carry around with are important, except the four supreme emotions that we have already discussed and will discuss again. So we have a method of inner, internal purification. We have a method that teaches us to let go, to drop whatever it is that comes up, and thirdly, we have a method which has to tell us impermanence. If it doesn't, we haven't looked at it. Impermanence is, so to say, the crux of the matter. We are, by nature, against it. Some people even think it's a cause for sadness. Some people go so far that they reject it out of hand. Impermanence is the essence of the universe. And obviously we are part of the universe. Impermanence means it's constantly 
fluid and changing. It's never staying in one spot. The universe itself does it. Our little planet does it at such a high speed it's almost unbelievable. Because it is so speedy, we don't even notice it. Our own cells are doing it so speedily that we don't notice anything. That's why the Buddha is called the awakened one because we are half asleep. We don't notice what's going on. We think we're here, solid. It's me. And this is solid. And this is supportive. But actually, nobody feels totally supported. Everybody feels uneasy. And we want to find out why. So we think it's the traffic, or the government, or the recession, or the atomic bomb, or God knows what we think it is. It's nothing of the sort. It's the constant movement, which is part and parcel of all that exists. And if we actually start flowing with that, we lose all that uneasiness. Because imagine something that's turning around constantly, and you're in it, and you want to stand still. In this constant turning around, how uncomfortable. There's an resistance and rejection, there's a pushing against that which is happening. In fact, makes one dizzy. But if you turn with it, it's okay. Everything's turning anyway. Here in this method, we have one opportunity amongst many of seeing how everything changes from moment to moment. Our sensations, our emotions, everything is in constant flux. If we become more skilled at the concentration, we may be able to notice even the body structure itself, the cell structure, how it is in constant motion. It's that feeling that it can become quite um, noticeable of this constant movement like this. That's the way it is. That's the way the whole of the universe is constructed. And we're constantly standing up against it. We don't like the laws of nature. Although we are exactly portraying that, the law of nature, we don't like it. We've made up our minds we don't want it that way. We want it differently. And so, instead of flowing with that, we put up structures, ideas, opinions, all sorts of physical and mental blocks against that. But in this method, it may help us to recognize this constant change, this constant movement, and in addition to know and recognize that we can only know that what we put our mind on. If we have our mind on the left knee and can feel something there, 
we don't know what's going on in the right arm. So if we have our minds on spiritual matters in daily life, our mind will clear and purify and it will be able to deal with the world on another level. Whatever we have our mind on, that's what we know. And we don't have to know the negative thing. It's not necessary. As long as we no longer portray them within us, they are just like a movie going on outside. We don't have to look at that movie. Here we can then see how we can put our mind on one thing and know only that one thing and nothing else. In daily life, if we put our mind on the positivity, we don't have to revert to the negative. We only know that where the mind is. And by the same token, by being concentrated, on this constant movement which is happening between sensations and body and feeling, we will eventually get a feel for the fluidity of this person. As long as we consider this person solid and with a substance, we are constantly under pressure to protect that substance. And since it's not protectable in the long run, we are constantly under pressure. And we might be thinking it's the boss, but it's not. We are putting ourselves under pressure. And this pressure that we put ourselves on is nothing but our mistaken view of what things really are. That's all. So we have these opportunities. There's another opportunity in this particular method, which is also very important. And you can see that all these possibilities are inside possibilities. They're purification and inside possibilities. Now here's another inside possibility, which is very important also. I said several times, hard, soft, warm, cool, moving, still, wet, dry. These are the qualities of the four primary elements of which everything that is physical consists. The primary elements are earth, fire, water, and air. Now the earth element is the hardness, the solidity. It's that which is solid in us. The earth element is when we touch our body, we can feel the earth element. It's the flesh and the bones and hair. Everything we can touch is earth element. The same earth element exists in this floor. 
The same earth element is obviously outside on the earth. The same earth element exists in everything that exists anywhere. It also exists in the water. If there was no earth element in water, then the fish couldn't swim and we couldn't propel a boat over it. There's earth element in the air. Sometimes we can see it. When there's a ray of sun, we can sometimes see the little particles in it. The earth element in the air makes it possible to fly an airplane in it. Of course, the proportions are different. But earth element is everywhere, and we are very concerned with it. Because earth element is that what we can see and touch, our body. And it has the other elements also, but we can see and touch earth elements, so it's most prominent for us. And we're very concerned with it. It should have the right shape, the right color, the right age, the right um, ability. Everything is very important about this earth element. And in actual fact, it's nothing but a combination of all the minerals and components that are found in earth. The fire element is the temperature. Now we can feel warm or cold and everything we touch has temperature. We can go outside later and touch the ground. It has temperature. We can touch the tree. It has temperature. Everywhere we can see anything, it has temperature. Everything that exists. Obviously, the temperature is in the air, in the sun. Everywhere is temperature. And we have that too, the warmth. We have a very small margin of comfort as far as temperature is concerned between 60 and 80 everything under or over is already uncomfortable and we do something about it but if we were more skilled we wouldn't have to because the body itself contains all the temperature and in some traditions that is actually taught, not in this one, to change the temperature of the body. Then we have the water element. I know there's one more thing to say about fire element. Fire element is also the one that makes us decay. It eats up. It's also the element that makes us digest. It's the one that eats up things. The water element is not only blood and urine and sweat and tears, but it is also the binding element. If you have flour and you put a bit of water in it, you get dough. It makes things hang together. So if we didn't have 
so much water, about 78% water in us, all our cells would probably walk around separately. It would look, look a bit funny, but it would probably be much easier to recognize the fact that we don't have individuality. The anatta and sunyata would be easier to recognize, but that's not the way it is. We've got the water element. And we have so much water element because all this stuff has to be kept together somehow or other. So it is all that fluid within us, and it is also this binding element. And the fire is the temperature and also the uh, decaying element that which makes us decay, fire eats up. And the earth element is the solidity in it, within us. And then we have the air or wind element. But it's obviously the breath and the wind in the body. But it's also movement. Whenever we move, it's like the wind has taken over. Even when we walk, we can see that we are dispersing air. So the air element is also movement. And obviously, without the air element, without the breath, we wouldn't be alive. Now, noticing these four elements, or even just one of them, it doesn't matter, within us, and then referring to that which is outside of us which sometimes happens spontaneously, but can be done deliberately, is an important insight method of recognizing how we are physically exactly the same as the rest of the universe. It does help to diminish the idea that this body is me. Now obviously, many people will say, oh, I know that, I'm not the body. Well, do we act accordingly, or don't we? Are we concerned that this me has all that it needs and wants physically? Then we are no longer so concerned with this physical me, we have taken a great step towards letting go. It's not the things that are around us. It's this that we're hanging on to. Look in the mirror and see who is there. It's always me. Who else? It's not just the body, consisting of the four primary elements. So it is very helpful on this path to use these four primary elements as a meditation practice. Noticing them when we do this, when we do this method, or even just noticing them. You can notice them when you're just sitting. The earth element is all the hardness that you can feel when you sit. 
and the fire element is all the temperature you can feel in your body and the air element is of course the breath and the saliva you can feel the water element and referring to that which is outside of us to the world around us and checking it out to feel that this is the same first it may be an intellectual understanding Eventually, it can become a feeling of pe- or a feeling of being exactly the same as all around us. Not only that, but exactly the same as everybody else. And when we feel exactly the same as everybody else, not that we are just as good or just as bad, or just as clever, or just as beautiful, nothing like that. No distinction, no barrier, no borderline between one and the other. All moving in together, being existing, then it's very easy to have love and compassion. Because it's all one. It also becomes easy or easier to not feel threatened by other people not feel threatened by the universe around us because it's all the same thing it's all just those elements these are the four physical elements and they are called the four primary elements because everything physical consists of that. You can check it out and see. But it is more a meditation practice to recognize it in oneself and thereby realizing this complete oneness of existence and manifestation. If we no longer feel separate, we also don't have this strain and stress to be better, to be cleverer, to know more, none of that. We can start to just be. And when we just are, that's all there is to it. Nothing else to be done. And then one day, we may even recognize out of the understanding of the element that there is nothing specific anywhere to be found. It's just all one great manifestation. So this method makes it possible to become aware of those four elements. It all has to start somewhere. That's where it starts. So we have purification. We have the non-reaction, which is a very important aspect. We have impermanence, the movement, constant movement. We have the four primary elements. All these are contained in this meditation method. We also have a concentration possibility 
which for some people is much easier than on the breath. Some people find it extremely difficult to stay on the breath, but not so difficult to stay on the All of these are ways towards insight. And a person who has, by nature, an analytical mind and likes to use it needs to first go through insight before becoming calm. A person who has a loving and accepting disposition finds it easier to go through calm first, but also has to gain insight. So it doesn't matter which way one goes first. One has to do both anyway. Most of the time, we co-join calm and insight. Now, before going any further on this, I'd like to ask, did anyone have no sensation at all? Nothing. Anybody have no sensation on the top of the head? Okay. Where was your first sensation? Okay. Here and there meaning on the top of the skull. Okay. So next time when you do it by yourself, and that goes for the other people that had no feeling on the top of the head. Two, when you do it by yourself, go to the spot where you found your first sensation and go back from that, if it was here or here or wherever it was, to the top of the head and out. And do that three or four times. And then start again with the top of the head. By that time, you'll feel it. Okay? Who didn't feel anything in the chest? Nothing. Or the back. Okay. Um, do it in strips. Let's say start at the left shoulder. Take a strip about two inches wide. This is all approximately. It doesn't have to be exact. And go from the shoulder to the waist. Down and up. And down and up. In other words, like this. Down and then up, down and up. It's four times. Then next strip. Go all the way across in this strip fashion. And the same in the back. Also, strip fashion down like that. It's, um, it will probably bring out enough sensations to make it possible then to go in whichever way you find most comfortable to do it.
we don't send sensations there. You see, the thing is that we have them. We don't put anything there. We have these sensations. They're all in there. The only thing that's needed in order to become aware of them is concentration. So um, we don't want to use any means uh, other than concentration to become aware of them. So that's not a good practice for this particular method. So if you didn't, you felt only a little bit in the chest? Okay, next time it'll probably be more. You can also do it in these strips of your life that might help. Okay? Yes. No. But I always do so that I don't get muddled up. <laughs> Doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yes. No, it doesn't matter at all. No. You can imagine that you're going in the morning in the shower and you want to wash yourself. So you wash yourself from top to bottom mostly. Whether you do it horizontally or vertically, it doesn't really matter, does it? As long as you get clean. So that's how we do it. And uh, sometimes you do it this way and this way. If it feels more right for you to do it this way, that's fine. That's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And it kept going down. That's fine. That's fine. Yes. Not necessarily connected. No, it's sensation is physical, feeling emotional. It's either one or the other. Yes. But some. No, you don't want to put a feeling to them. That's a reaction that you put to them. That's not a feeling. Um, what happens is this. Sensations will be the most predominant thing, usually. But it's quite not um, unusual that grief or... or sadness or joy or love or such things arise and they do not arise because there is a sensation they arise just by themselves the sensation is a sensation on its own if you then are joyful about that sensation or sad about it that's your reaction to it that wasn't there so just go on with the sensation that's fine no problem did anyone have a, a, a rising of emotion. Pleasant or unpleasant? Mm-hmm. Oh, left, left, left. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's connected to the feeling side of, of, of the mind. That's right. What sort of emotion did Mm-hmm. And were you able 
going to let go of that sadness. No. No. Well, that's the important part. You see, uh, sadness is also a feature of humanity. It's not a personal uh, tragedy. It's what everybody has, it's dukkha. Um, we've all got it. But the only way that we can deal with it constructively, and I'll talk about that in more detail, is to recognize it and let go. So if it comes up again, and I hope it does, try to let go and go to the next part. Was it at the very end of the... Uh, no. Or when you were doing the arm. But you didn't have to hang on to this sadness. You went, you were able to keep going, no? But the coldness is a sensation, and the sadness is an emotion. That so the the sadness came was different. Yeah. Well, it's just a matter of noticing it, dropping it, going to the next spot. Emotion, no, no, no. The the four primary elements have nothing to do with the mind. The four primary elements are strictly physical. Yes. You let go of it by not paying any more attention to it, but by substituting something else. In other words, in this particular meditation practice, you would substitute by going to the next spot. Attention on it, you are dropping also what you are attending to. You're doing both. But that's what it's all about, yes. Yes. It, it went away by letting go through the toes. Yes, well, that's the idea of it. We go out through the fingers and the toes because at the end of the body there's nowhere to go, so we go out. And that's the letting go aspect of it. And it often feels as if there is a sort of relief that um, uh, happens at that time. Well, somebody not able to let go at the toes or at the fingers. Somebody not. Did any, anyone feel nausea? Good. That's excellent. 
and it's still there. No, no. Oh, but you got that knot when you were going down to that point. Was the, was the knot just a knot, or was it also nauseous? I felt sick. Okay, that's fine. Well, actually, what happened was that, you see, we take in so much rubbish over the years, and if we haven't done this internal shower, obviously there's a lot of accumulation. So what you did there was take out a whole garbage can full of junk, <laughs> which is an excellent result. And it is highly likely that if you do this again, it will not happen again. And I would suggest to you very strongly that you do this again, and not because you didn't like it, uh, abstain from it. It's... Um, extremely important. You see, what you did was fine. You weren't able to let go of this particular difficulty there, so you stayed with it until you were able to let go of it. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, as one becomes more skilled at it and has done it more often, one is able to let go very quickly. But this took time. So actually what you did has been very useful. And um, I would like to suggest to everyone that at the next session when we sit from 2.45, everybody does this on their own in order to get the hang of it. And then, as I said before, those who feel more able to concentrate with this one do this one primarily. Those that are already concentrated on the breath use it at least once a day. And... Um, one other thing, that when you do it on your own, when you do it on your own and you're going very slowly, which also happens, and you're not finished when the bell goes, then quickly go out through the hands or the feet wherever you're nearest to, just to make it sort of like complete. You had your hand up also for you yeah. felt nauseous? You felt that? And it's gone? No, it's not gone. It hasn't gone. Okay. Do the whole thing again. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is also very, uh, as I said, it's a very good result, but it has to also be able to get, let go of it. 
See, it's a good result because all of us have all that junk inside. And if you feel that strong sensation, that means you've really got in there. And the whole garbage bag is can full of stuff, gone outside. So make sure you do it again. You can do it quicker. It doesn't have to be so slow. And really let go. Okay? Yes. Well, exactly the same thing was happening for you also. Uh, you really got in there and there was an, and you were able to contact a lot of that old residual stuff that's in there and it can actually feel as if one becomes constricted in the breath because one contacts so much stuff that one has never been aware of because one's never um, mindful enough doesn't pay enough attention so actually the thing to do is to just keep going Keep going. Just keep going. You're not going to stop breathing. Guaranteed. So you just keep going. And as you keep going, you're letting go. Now sometimes, if this is a very strong thing that's happening, it's very helpful. Let's say it's up here, right? And it's, a, it's either various, nauseous, or it's um, a constricted breath or anything that is really strong, instead of just going down with it and keeping going, just to let go out, through the skin, out. Or even if it's here, going out through the shoulders and then starting again. And if it's necessary, going out again. Or if it's in the back, it doesn't matter where it is, just going out right then and there. It's a real letting go. And sometimes when it's really strong like that, it's um, very helpful to let go right then and there instead of waiting till we get to the end of it. So if it happens again, and the same with the bilious feeling, out. Start again, same bilious feeling, out again. After five or six times, it's done with. Yes. The left side of the body, the sensation was overpowering. Uh huh. Ah, only on your head. Uh huh. Uh huh. And the left side on your head was the the sensation was overpowering. Yeah. Too much thinking. 
not enough feeling, too much thinking. <laughs> think, 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 think. <laughs> when you do it again, it will be different. And as you find it happening, again, use the same what I just said. Let go out. In the head, it's very good to let go out of the ears. On both sides or just one side. And then start again. And if it's still overpowering, do it again. And then keep going. And you will find it's different the next time anyway. Okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, there was no sensation. Ah, right, yes. No, no, as one does it more often, the sensations become much clearer. And also, if there is an area where there is very little or none, no sensation, you can stay on that area a little longer, but not ten minutes or anything like that, but just a little longer to see if something is happening. Like having an asbestos glove on when you put your hand on a hot stove. It takes a little longer to feel the heat. And then you go on. Now don't stay forever or anything like that, but just a little longer. And then keep going. It will definitely, as you do it more often, it changes completely. No, not necessary. Go back to the stomach, see whether it's, all cl it's cleared up. If it isn't, do it again. If, it, if the stomach is, is not cleared up, go out again. But if it is cleared up, keep going. Yes. Are you now talking about this method or are you talking at any time the pain? If it's an overpowering thing that is keeping you from going on, yes, certainly go out. Yes. It's also helpful to do that when there's a pain in the body which is disturbing one in the meditation, watching the breath or whatever one is doing, uh, out. It's, a, it's an objective, um, not a... Not a trying to, not a dislike. It's a dislike the pain that gets worse and worse. But just an objectivity, it's just an unpleasant feeling. I don't have to uh, keep it. Let it go. And it may not go completely, but it certainly diminishes. So certainly you can do that, yes, in that matter. Yes. Open your eyes, stand up, do it standing up. Take a good rest after lunch. <laughs> yes. This method I feel much more uh, pain on my knees and my thighs, just like the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I get that every now and then with the breathing method, but not like this. And luckily I was kind of like in a little, uh, uh, a mild state of rapture. I was I was able to concentrate and keep it. But uh, it was kind of like uh, being in an oven. I was barely 
Yes, well, the burning is, of course, a fire element, you know. And we did sit um, more than an hour, so it's not surprising that it was, uh, the body was uncomfortable if one is not used to that. And uh, if you do get the uh, tingling, the rapturous feeling, um, I would like you, uh, you do that, continue with that, but once a day I want you to disregard this tingling and do this uh, purification method. Right? Just like we take a shower in the morning. So maybe first thing in the morning, just do that and go through it. And if that whole rapturous feeling comes, just disregard it and keep going. Okay? Other times, of course, you do exactly like you say, you see, a first jhana. Okay? Is that clear? Some of them, yes, certainly, certainly. They certainly represent that. They represent stored um, blockages in the body from the emotions and the thoughts. They also represent stored emotions, yes. And uh, because if we do this, we keep cleaning it out, we can actually have a feeling of greater lightness in the body. It's, uh, I mean, even that is already a help. Yes, you had your arm up. Yes, I have heard that idea. <laughs> I've heard that too. I've heard that many times. Students are telling me this. If you have a strong pain, focus on it, go into it. Well, I mean, yes. If you can then, uh, by having focused on it, going, gone, having gone into it, drop it and go back to your meditation practice, great. But if you can't, what's the use of it? What are you going to get out of it? Exactly. <laughs> so, as you focus on it, many things can happen. The first thing that can happen if you focus on it is that you do not dislike it, but just know it to be an unpleasant feeling. And you can go back to the meditation. That's one thing. The second thing that can come out of it is that you notice how it is moving. It's not solid. It feels solid. It feels like a solid lump or a solid or whatever it feels like, but it's not. It has movement in it. So again, you have an understanding of impermanence. Again, because of that, you may be able to get back to your uh, meditation practice. But essentially, the whole business with sitting and having an unpleasant feeling is what I described at the very beginning, but I'll describe it again now because it's part and parcel of what we're going to learn anyway. And it is a very important part of it. And I'll describe it now in a little detail. And we'll get back to it again. The Buddha said that we consist of five aggregates. Pali, they're called khandas. In Sanskrit, skandhas. 
in English the word aggregate also doesn't mean anything five heaps. One is the body and four are the mind. Now the body we have, I've already described very uh, in detail as consisting of the elements and mindfulness of the body, knowing it, right, what we're doing. Now four parts of mind. And the four parts of mind start out with sense contact. Next step is feeling, next step is perception, which is labeling, and the next step is the reaction, the mental formation, the mental reaction. In Pali, Vinyana, Vedana, Sanya, Sankara. So these are the four parts of mind. Now the Buddha said, that's all we are. Okay, that's fine but we have to find out about it. But one of the things that we can find out very easily and that's very helpful is that if there is a pain, let's say there's a pain in the right knee, instead of automatically moving, which is what we usually do when we have painful feelings, we automatically get away from it, to recognize these four parts of mind. The first one is the sense contact. In this case, touch contact. Yes, this has, this leg is touching the pillow, it's touching, the bones are touching each other because it's bent around, so there's touch contact. Now from that comes feeling. In this case, unpleasant. There are only three kinds. Pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. This one is unpleasant. So now comes perception, which is a labeling, which says pain because that's what we call this, right? Okay, then comes the reaction. I don't like it. I want to get up. I want to go home. I want to get a chair. I want to lie down. Whatever. Must be very unhealthy. I'm going to see a doctor. Anything. (laughs) Anything at all. Now, when we become aware of that, through the unpleasant feeling which has arisen, we have become aware of the way human beings function. Pre-programmed printouts, constantly, all the time. Now once we get to know that, we can do something about it. As long as we don't know it, we can't do anything about it. We're going to be pre-programmed constantly. It's all the time the same thing. There's the sensations which come from the first comes the sense contact, the second thing that happens is the feeling, the third thing is the perception, the labeling, and the fourth is the reaction to it. Now, with this unpleasant feeling, but in sitting, this is a very easy way to recognize that. It's very simple. But outside, for instance, outside of meditation, you can try it out and see whether you can recognize it. Seeing or hearing. Hearing is a good one. You hear something you don't like, and immediately the whole reaction comes up. So what was it? What's going on? This is a meditation method, and I'll talk about it again, a meditation method which makes it possible to analyze and become aware of the mind. Just like <coughs> with the four 
primary element, we become aware of what the body consists of. The Buddha's teaching is often called the teaching of analysis. He analyzes it and shows one cause and effect, which is the third step of insight, cause and effect. This is part of it. This is cause and effect. So if you use any pain in the body to recognize the four parts of mind, it's very useful. And then when the mind says, well, this is all very well, but I still like to move, well, then move, you know. But first recognize what the mind is doing. But if we actually find out about this program that we have within and which we are constantly following until we make a deliberate end to it, then we have to get to know ourselves. And then we also get to know the rest of the world, why they're all doing what they're doing. So in that case, it's extremely helpful. But just to see the pain and go into it, yes, well, that's all very well, but you've got to do something with that. So this is one thing you can do with it. The other thing you can do with it is that you can let go of it as just an unpleasant feeling, go back to your meditation subject. And the third thing is that you see its movement, that it's also not solid. And this is, these are the um, results you can get from it. If you can't do any of that, stretch out your legs. <laughs> Perfectly right. It's better to first do any of these. The main, the, the most important one is to find out about the four candles of the mind, the four heaps of the mind. They are called heaps. Are we translated as heaps? Well, aggregates is a translation, but we also say heaps to them. Because they're also not one solid thing. They're also consisting of a lot of uh, movement. Feeling does, as I just described, and thoughts do, and everything is a lot of movement. It's like electrical impulses. They're constantly moving. So that's why we say heaps to them. The word aggregates is also an unusual word, so it doesn't mean so much. So, is that okay for the pain? Okay, anything else? Yes. Sorry, I didn't... Your body's got nothing to do with it. It's all in your mind. <laughs> the whole thing's in the mind. The mind didn't want to participate. Well, that's also interesting to find out, isn't it? I didn't want to know about it. Try again. The body has nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. What you can feel and what you can concentrate on, it's all mind. The body is four primary elements consisting of 32 parts and that's it. Imagine you have a person lying here in front without a mind. Right? Well, you can cut up that body as is usually done in medical school very easily. No problem. But have somebody lying there with a mind. 
A different story, isn't it? <coughs> Body can't do a thing, it's all in the mind. So if you have resistance to this uh, practice, to this particular method, be assured that you need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Try after, after the uh, rest period and see how, how it goes on your own. Maybe you can do it better uh, on your own rather than with the guidance. Come to the top.